Alright, welcome back, pool fans from across the country and around the world. You're listening to American Billiard Radio. My name is Mr. Bond. I'll be your host once again this week, and it is April the 7th, 2015. Oh no, it's 2016. Look at that. And this show is brought to you in part by Q Sports International, creating more choices for more players. So what's going on in the world of pool this week? Uh, You know, we have to hand out some congratulations to Mr. Rodney Morris. Uh, He cleaned up the 10-ball division out there at the Wyoming Open. So congratulations to Mr. Morris for that. And, of course, you know, uh, the Super Billiards Expo is only a week away. If you uh, haven't signed up to, to play... Or if you haven't made plans yet to get out there, you better do so. It's going to be a great time. Tons of people, tons of stuff to do. And, uh, of course, immediately following the Super Billiards Expo is um, the U.S. Open, uh, the new 14-1 U.S. Open and the new straight pool, or not straight pool, (laughs) one-pocket U.S. Open. So there's going to be a whole heck of a lot of pool going on out there. Uh, Great time for all, absolutely for sure. And speaking of um, U.S. Opens, uh, a couple of more tidbits on the U.S. Opens. Uh, the this Q Sports International U.S. Open 10-ball and U.S. Open 8-ball have been slightly rescheduled uh, until or to July the 20th to the 25th and then the 22nd through the 29th. So if you need more information on that, uh, hit up the CSI website. Um, Just like I said, a slight rescheduling for those guys. And there's good news. You know, the U.S. Open 9-ball, Barry Berman's uh, baby, is back on the calendar, of course, this year, except Mr. Pat Fleming will be in charge once again. Uh, Barry's uh, health is not doing all that super right now, so it's probably a good thing that Pat uh, stepped up to help him uh, continue to run that event, and we're glad that he did. And, uh, geez, you know, there's some more new events on the calendar. I mean, this has been a pretty good year so far. We've had the WPBA bringing their event back, their their U.S. Open, or their version of a U.S. Open back. Uh, we have the two new U.S. Opens uh, for straight pull and one pocket coming from CSI. And now uh, there's a Tornado Open has been moved to Florida. Uh, That would be Vivian Villarreal's um, uh, event. This is her second time around with her event. And they moved it down to the uh, Hard Rock uh, Hotel and Casino in Florida. And let me tell you, there's a $100,000 prize fund. So, yeah. Big deal. Going to be some good pool going on down there September through uh, the 28th through October the 2nd. So you're going to be wanting to look into the details on that. And another piece of good news, uh, Mr. Mike Zeglin has announced that he is including a junior nine ball event now this year in his lineup. So that's fantastic that uh, we have yet another opportunity for the juniors to get out there and compete with each other. Um, you know, props to Mr. Zeglin for that. That's going to be good stuff, man. Uh, that one is scheduled for September the 17th and 18th at uh, Sharpshooters out in Amsterdam. Uh, or, uh, 
Yes, Amsterdam, New York, not uh, Amsterdam Billiards in New York. I didn't want to confuse anybody. And, of course, we have the Atlantic Challenge Cup. Um, this is the U.S. Juniors versus European Juniors. Uh, the United States uh, Junior Team, the 10 preliminaries, have been chosen. And they will go through some training sessions and a selection process where they will narrow it down in June to the final six. So congratulations to the 10 prelims. Uh, the kids, uh, they'll, they're going to be headed out actually to uh, a, a, the training session with um, Jeanette Lee, the Black Widow, uh, who will be assisted by Mr. Johnny Archer and Nick Varner and Allison Fisher and Earl and a bunch of people that are all volunteering to help whip these kids into shape. So a little bit later on in the show, we, we're going to be talking to Jeanette uh, a little bit more about that program. So you're going to want to stick around uh, for that to hear from Jeanette. But first, um, we're going to hit you up with our one-minute pool instructor uh, segment of the week. And we'll be right back after this. Hi, I'm Scott Lee. And I'm Randy G. And welcome to the One Minute Pool Instructor. So what do we got uh, this segment? Uh, let's let's uh, revisit some tips out there because... Pool people, playing tips? Yeah, pool, well, pool tips that you put on the end. Oh, if you're okay. Yeah, those, boy. What a, those leather a good, things. Good conversation. <laughs> so uh, what do you prefer? Well, you know, the, the two basic differences in tips there's a single layer tip like a lapro or a triangle versus a layered tip like a kamui a, a mori uh, a uh, any of the tiger tips i mean there there are so up, many good yep. tip choices out there um, you can pay cheap money five bucks get get a single layer lapro or a triangle you can pay Twenty dollars, thirty dollars. I've seen the yeah, fifty dollar tips out there. Uh, that includes putting it on. But nonetheless, um, for my money, I don't think a fifty dollar tip plays any better than a ten dollar tip. Um, in, for so but, what, but how it how a tip plays? Do you, is very do you like a single layer or multi layer? What do you, what do you prefer? Well, I play with both, and okay. I and I swap them out. Uh, all the time because one of my shafts has a single layer tip and the other has a layered tip. Well, do you feel a difference in them? I don't personally know. But, again, how a tip feels is so subjective to the individual. Oh, ain't that the truth. And that's why you can't come on the internet and say, well, how does this tip play or even how does this shaft play? Because, again, it's Action. very subjective. Well, that shaft, we should have another segment on the shaft. Yeah, let's right, do let's that. Let's follow up with that. So you you have your choice of tips out there, and if you really want to see how a tip plays, you have to play with it for yourself. And if that means that you spend a couple hundred bucks changing out tips, well, so be it. At least you need to find something that you like. The other option is borrow your friend's cues and sure. try them out that way then you don't have to buy it yourself but, I, I uh, know that ever since uh, I went to multi-layer whenever they first came out and mm -hmm. I've not changed back 
But golly, I must have played 40 years with a single layer tip. Well, yeah, remember the old French championships? Sure. Those were yeah. great tips. Yeah. Well, I wonder how many championships were won with them. <laughs> a whole lot of them over the years. So uh, the discussion is which is better then, and, and it's an individual. It is. And, and then there's the uh, discussion of what curvature hits the ball better, a nickel or a dime. And, and again, to me, I don't think it makes any difference at all. It's just what do you prefer? Well, I know. Well, first of all, a nickel or a dime both give us three millimeters. Right. Uh, you can't give a dime curvature on a 13, 14 millimeter shaft. That's got to be a nickel. Um, so the size of the shaft will dictate the curvature of your tip, but there's still three millimeters of contact. The only one that would scare me is the flat tip, yeah. which would give you less uh, um, contact on the, on the cubo. Yeah, a little. I think that chalk kind of, mark would probably show up as being pretty close pretty to the Pretty close, same. yeah, I agree, I agree. Um, well, anyway, I, I, I'm, I'm still stuck on multi-layer tips. I, I'm a I don't know. Um, my my sponsor Jericho has, has uh, put Mori tips on my cues for years, and mm -hmm. I loved them. So it's just the way I feel about them. Well, I have uh, just recently uh, put uh, one of uh, Chris Renfro's Kitech tips on one of my shafts. Love it. Great playing tip. Well, maybe we'll try that. You I've betcha. got an extra shaft. There's a, I tell you what, there's a lot of tips out there, yeah. and most of them are very well made. Uh, which one you choose is up to you as an individual, but you have to hit more than two or three balls, that's for sure. Yeah, you got. I think you got to go out and spin a few balls yeah. and, and hit some straight-in shots. you gotta, you got to play break for that tip in. a couple of hours and, yeah. and to, to feel any kind of a difference from one thing to another. All right, so our, our next segment will be on shafts. Huh? Yeah, let's All talk right. about some shafts. All right, well, till now, this is Randy G. And Scott Lee, and we'll see you next time on the One Minute Pool Instructor. All right, welcome back, everybody. And I am talking with uh, the Black Widow herself, Miss Jeanette Lee. How are you today, Jeanette? I'm fine, thank you. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, as it is, uh, we've got the Atlantic Challenge Cup uh, is um, kind of sneaking up on us here, and uh, uh, the announcement has been made for the team members for this year's, uh, well, the preliminaries, the 10 uh, preliminary kids. And uh, from what I understand, they're going to be off to your place for some intensive training. Yes. Absolutely. That sounds well, You awesome. know, we've got some of the some of the greatest kids. I think their overall average GPA between the ten kids selected to be part of our camp is a three point eight, which is remarkable to wow. say the least. Yeah. And these kids are, are great kids. They're solid players. And so I've recruited uh, some of my good friends, Alton Fisher, Johnny Archer, and Nick Varner, awesome. uh, to be part of this. Tom Doctor Q Rothman has been helping a lot. He can't because of a, a different engagement, but very much part of our team in terms of um, our curriculum and uh, looking out for the best interests of these kids. Because after Johnny and, you know, Allison and I, who who is the next tier of 
great champions, and they're all over the world, and we need to get America back on top. And that yeah. means that they need champions to work with them and mentor them and inspire them, work on their game on the table and their attitude on and off the table. And I think that we can do that by using this camp. So that's what the Black Widow Foundation was created for. Um, throughout my career, I've seen so many kids that are great players and they either drop out or they don't finish college only because they think that they're going to travel the world and be zillionaires. And that's just not the case. There's a lot of things that it takes to be a true champion and it's not yes. just on the pool table. That's true. That's true. You know, there's uh, there's kind of a gap um, between, well, I don't want to say a gap. There, There's a, uh, a lot of the, the players, uh, the older players. What the, is that? <laughs> well, I, I was trying to pick my words there, you know. Uh, a lot of the older players didn't have a mentor, per se. Uh, somebody that right. was already in the professional world, uh, you know, successful. Right. And Right, and so this is such a boon for the, the upcoming kids, uh, you know, to, to have someone that's been there, done that, and, and can share the keys to success with them. It's going to make all the difference in the world for them down the line. That's right. And these are the elite juniors that have been selected through a, a really strong, um, detailed selection committee and, and a process that we're using to select these 10 very highly intelligent, mm -hmm. experienced um, players. And uh, so the Blackwater Foundation is flying them and my fellow pros in. We've also got locals, uh, Donnie Mills, Rolanda Aravena, and... Um, Tony Crosby coming to participate and helping awesome. with uh, scrimmage matches because we're we're not only working with them but we're also going to play out as as the Challenge Cup will be oh. during the camp so that they get that experience and so that our pros can help right. with the selection process of who are going to be the final six that we send to Atlantic Cup. But right. all of the ten are very likely to represent the U.S. at the World Championships. Sure. So no matter what, it's great for them to be part of this, and we want to continue oh, yeah. every year. Absolutely. Even if they didn't make the final team, that this the experience, having the help of you right. guys all together, that's invaluable. You know, It doesn't matter what the outcome is. They're already getting something that's just so great for them. Right. Um, and the industry, we've got industry sponsors that are also wrapping their arms around these kids. Sure. So uh, we, we've got um, Simonis Aramis that are donating the cloth and the balls. We've got Poison Cues donating Cues and some uh, cash donation as well as APA. And so I'm just so thankful. Um, it's mm -hmm. going to be at Fatso's okay. Q Bar, and um, Q Club and Sports Bar here in Tampa. Okay. And then we've also got Robertson's Billiards, who are doing so much to help because I'm new to Tampa, and they have so many relationships, so they're helping a lot with the organization as well as fundraising, right. which is a large part of what's going to allow this to happen sure. every single year. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm just so thankful to my fellow pros, um, Johnny, Allison, and Nick, for, oh, yeah. uh, and, and Dr. Q, for being part of this and understanding and believing in yes. uh, the American kids and, and helping me really uh, nurture these kids so oh, yeah. that they can be the next year of champions absolutely. that America has and bring home the gold for America. Absolutely, absolutely. And this is, you know, it's it's just like any other skill that when you learn, when you pick up when you're young, it will make all the difference later on down the line. You know, if the, if we if our um, current um, Moscone Cup contenders 
If they had gone through a half a dozen Atlantic Challenge Cups first, we might be in a different <laughs> position. We might have a different winner, winning record at the Moscone Cup than we do now, you know? So this can exactly. very seriously change the future uh, of the game by, by uh, harboring these kids. What are you looking for? Um, now, I mean, this is just sort of an opinion question. It, it, I'm not asking for what's going to make the final cut, but when you're training with these kids, what is going through your head as far as he's going to make it and he's not what what's you know what are the what in your mind is a determining factor well you've got a lot of great players but you need to have a winning attitude along with it because no matter what when you compete you're going to have bad matches you're going to have negative people around and so it's people that are going to be able to withstand that and You know, true courage and success is not the absence of fear or nerves. It's moving forward in the face of it. And so that's what we're looking for with these kids, are people that have a solid um, game, but also a really solid attitude and kids that are willing to learn, that want to be mentored, um, that aren't just looking to improve their game, but are going to are going to understand what uh, Johnny and Nick and Allison and I have had to do in order to end up on top. We, mm-hmm. you, you deal with a lot of things, and yeah. you've got to have a good attitude. You have to be able to work well. And this camp is important because a lot of times we have random great players all over the nation, but there's not a time for them to work together as a team. Right. So we work with them as an individual, but honestly, we're looking at kids that can bond with each other, and we're going to be doing scrimmage matches where we see what two players play really well together. Sure. They just have a nice rhythm, nice attitude, not nice conversation going between the two uh, and threes and then a team of five and, you know, work ethic and yes. supporting each other. All those things are so important. Mm-hmm. And it, it's going to kind of spread out to their life and to their community. I think that that's so important for these kids that's to true. understand that to represent America, you have to be somebody that you can be proud of in the mirror, that everyone in America can be proud of them and, and right. push them. Because I'm asking a lot of industry sponsors to come and be part of this because it's so important for America mm-hmm. to have these kids Absolutely. bring home the gold. Absolutely. And, and that they're learning more than just improving their game. Oh, right. Absolutely. Set the bar high. You know what I mean? It's not, like just like you said, it's, it's about more than just playing well. You know, you want to build character. You want to build something that right. they, you know, a, a better person, literally a better person, you know, uh, to become out of this. So most certainly those are the kind of people that are going to go on and be successful no matter what they choose to do. Right, exactly. That's outstanding. Are, do you really have enough room at your place to house 10 kids, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the funny thing is, is, Fundraising is tough. We do it, all, you know. I do it all the time. We're constantly fundraising, and sure. we could have put them all in hotel rooms. Yeah, yeah. But and, and that was an option. But not only for the expense of it, but honestly, for the whole bonding atmosphere. Yeah. We did it last year in Indianapolis, and it, my house is just as big as it was then. And it's not a mansion, but we told the kids, "Listen, you guys can go stay in hotels, all in separate hotels, or you guys can all bunk at my house." And they wanted to come to the Black Widow house, and that means yeah. hot and sleeping bags and air beds and, sure, you know, yeah. just getting there. But it was so much fun. I mean, in the day, we'll work on their game. 
we are going to put these kids to work. But at night, it's all about team bonding and having a good time. Last year, they went to a drive-in movie theater. We took them to miniature putt-putt and go-kart racing and shopping and, and just having fun together so that they can support each other. Right, and right. And I think that that's so important for them to understand how important it is that it's bigger than them just competing against each other at the Junior National. Yes. It's about being an American ambassador for our sport. Absolutely. And, um, and to nurture and respect and appreciate each other and to support each other. And um, I didn't know if you can tell from my voice the passion that I have for this. But I've, <laughs> yes. seen, such a, I've seen just such a, um, an absence of that kind of attitude and bonding and, um, you know, just really getting these kids to understand. Because these are good players. Yeah. But at the moment, they don't compete with, uh, they don't really compete with the Chinese or the Austrians or, you know, the kids from Holland. I mean, these are these are really great players. Oh, yeah. They've got the attitude. And we want that to happen for America. Absolutely. And it's so close. Absolutely. They are so close. Yes. And we have to give them... Or present to them an opportunity to get better. You know, if we don't, right. if we don't produce events like this and the junior nationals and the AC, ACIUs, that there, there is no venue for them to to take their game up to the next level. So when you go out into right. the uh, the, yeah. the uh, adult world of pool, you unfortunately don't have the experience, like you said, to compete right. with some of the other nations that have got these junior programs big, big, big time. So, yes, this is absolutely absolutely necessary to keep uh, uh, the yeah. education going for the next round. Uh, speaking of, I think uh, Mike Zuglin just announced that uh, he's going to have a junior uh, event added to his uh, repertoire, too. So yet another event added to the calendar this year, Jeanette, for the juniors. That's great stuff. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, let me but be the, the first. The more these kids can compete against each other and get to know each other, it's better for our sport. Absolutely, absolutely. I was just going to say, let me be the first to congratulate Chris, Ricky, Shane, Tyler, Ryan, Zach, April, Serena, Sierra, and Emily on their selection for the preliminary pre- preliminary 10. You guys get to... So uh, proud of them. Yeah, absolutely. That Just to have gotten that far alone out of all the juniors, that's fantastic. So now put your I shoulder agree. to the wheel, you know, go to Jeanette's and uh, get the work done, knock it out, you know, like they say. And, um, man, you know, make us proud. Make yourself proud. Yes, yes. And, and I do want to say the Billiard Education Foundation, Earl, Sam, uh, uh, Earl Munson, Sam Deepadal, uh, Ricky Donor, and um, Don Wardell. These guys uh, are, are working so hard and helping me Absolutely. so much. I'm new to Tampa, and uh, I've been overwhelmed by my new purchase of the APA um, League here mm-hmm. in Hillsborough County. And without them, I just couldn't do it. Right. There's Absolutely. so much work to putting on a camp and to work with all these kids and think about all the logistics. Right now, the Black Widow is fully funding all the expenses to fly them all in to cover their meals and they get a goodie bag and they just get a great experience and we're taking them to go do things. And, um, you know, if anyone wants to support these kids, please support the Black Widow Foundation. All the money goes to them. I don't, none of the pros are taking any money to, to make or, or any of anyone is taking any money to, um, to help support 
this cause. Right. So you can donate at blackwidowfoundation.org. There's a Donate Now button. They can click on that and cover it through PayPal, um, on their credit card, or you know whatever they can do to help us so that we can continue this mission of uh, building our American juniors into um, the people that we can really mm-hmm. uh, nurture to bring home the gold for Absolutely. America Absolutely. and to lead our sports. Absolutely. So if any, any of you guys out there want to help out, absolutely. Let Jeanette know. Let me know. I'll put you in contact with her. Uh, certainly could use the support. And if not if not anything else, find one of the kids on Facebook or shoot them an email or something and just pat them on the back and say, hey, you know what? Congratulations. Keep it up. You know what? Because that's just, absolutely. This is just yes, what we yes, need. Yes. But all, yeah, but also they can communicate to blackwidowfoundation.org. So mm-hmm. We, um, I would love you guys to support these kids and look for them. Uh, you can also go to the Billiard Education Foundation. They can also let you know. But if you go to blackwoodofoundation.org, you'll get to know about the players and the pros and the camp and what we do and to donate to our cause. Awesome, 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 awesome. Anybody else you want to shout out to, Jeanette? No, I think that's it. I mean, I'm proud of my board. We've got Mike Connolly and John Carrion, Mark Wilson from uh, St. Louis, who leads the Linden Lindenwood team there in St. Louis, and uh, we've got just so many different volunteers that are coming and and helping us. We've got, of course, Don Wardell and Mike Connolly as well, and um, Robertson Billiards locally. And, And again, our fundraising event is April 20th, in Tampa, Florida, at Fatso's Q Sports uh, Q Club and Sports Bar. So, hope to see you guys on April twentieth at six thirty p.m. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right. Well, thank thanks you so much. Thank you, Jeanette, wonderful for everything. To talk to you guys. It's and, wonderful. And thank to you talk for to you. supporting what we're doing. Absolutely, absolutely. I I couldn't. I mean, if I could do more, I would. <laughs> I, I, I would appreciate, or I appreciate everything that you do. Uh, we all do appreciate everything that you do to support the game and to, and to support the juniors. So thank you. Thank you from all of us. All right. Have thank you, you so much. And also, if, you, if they can't donate, they can get us in touch with any other sponsors or companies that might be willing to support yes. us or get anything that they can donate um, to our auction or to our raffles and sure. things like that. Every little bit helps. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. All right. Well, you have yourself a great weekend, Jeanette, and we'll talk to you again Thank soon. You. Okay. Okay. God bless. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Welcome back to American Billiard Radio. This is the Legends and Champions Report. I am Mark Cantrell, I am your host, and I am joined this week by Dave Bond and of Mr. Bond of AZ Billions and the Chicago Billion Museum, also the producer of ABR, and uh, Daniel Bush of POV Pool. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good. Thanks, Mark. Doing great, Mark and Dave. Thank you. Well, here's, here's where we're at, gentlemen, and, and you know, we try, uh, I try to stay as relevant as possible with the news that's going on in, in the pool world, and this week, there's been a few different things that have been kind of going on, but something that seems to have hit the headlines um, on Facebook and on in the AZ Billiards forums is uh, a player named Shane Winters has made a stance uh, uh, along with, uh, I, I guess, trying to get other players involved as well on 
how the players who are on live stream should be getting paid something from the uh, the, the live streamer, the pay-per-viewer for being on that stream. Um, I've got a little bit of experience with this kind of thing. Daniel's got a lot of experience with this kind of thing. And Dave has an uh, educated opinion on it. So uh, let's just kind of throw it around and uh, uh, just a general basic overview of the, the situation of players getting paid by pay-per-viewers or live streamers. <laughs> what, what's your thoughts on it, Dave? <laughs> well, look, <laughs> the, you know, uh, thanks, Mark and uh, Daniel, for joining me. Um, we brought Daniel on because, obviously, he has uh, been in the streaming uh, arena for several years, and uh, he knows the ins and outs. So I, I welcome you to the show because I want to hear uh, your side of the story. But uh, from a sort of a, I don't want to say general consumer, but from the public's perspective... Uh, they don't have much of a choice as far as how they're going to get to watch pool. You know, it doesn't come on TV very often. So if you can, for a moment, imagine that nobody was out there taping it uh, or videoing it for, you know, people to watch on the Internet. If there was none of that going on, how would be, how would we see pool at all? Um, the answer is we wouldn't, you know. So, uh, on the very basic level, it, they're doing us a favor, anybody that sets up a camera and streams it for everybody to watch. Now, whether or not they charge us something for it, that's kind of a different... We'll get to that. But the fact that uh, there are people and companies out there willing to do that at all is a huge boon to the pool industry at large because now we can watch tournament action, the U.S. Opens, uh, you know, Turning Stones, all these other big events, we get to, we get to watch that. Um, that's great. And even some of the smaller matches, we get to watch that. That's fantastic. Who in the world would complain about that happening at all? And I think everybody, you know, generally speaking, can agree. That's, that's a good thing for pool. It's a good thing for the players. It's a good thing for uh, the sponsors. They're getting their exposure via these extreme uh, the streams um, it's good for the venues now we get to learn about where these good pool halls are that are having the events um, now we get to know the players we get to watch them play we get to learn from them and be their fans and uh, you know promote it amongst our own friends there's nothing bad about it at all absolutely nothing so the question the next question raised is okay well um, who who pays for this how how who's who's bringing the equipment? Well, you know that costs money, and then you've got to be reimbursed for that. So you you got to expect you know whoever is investing in the uh, stream, stream, streaming equipment has to pay for this stuff. Something that, you know money has to be generated or it can't be done. So you know should we expect streamers to get paid for what they do? Certainly. That I mean that's silly not to expect for, for to expect anybody to work for free. Is pretty silly. Um, then the question becomes: Okay, what about the value of what you're providing? Should the players that are actually playing should they be paid for appearing on your uh, stream if you're charging money for it? Well, if you're not charging money for it, 
then no no players should be getting paid anything. But if you're making money off of a player, how much and, and who? You know, there's a fine line between, um, you know, exposure and marketing and then doing something for free. Uh, the pool players are out there playing in an event. Their job, technically speaking, is what they're there to do is to play pool. They're not there because they think they're going to get money to get streamed. They're there to win the money in the event. So on the one hand, the player might not necessarily, shouldn't necessarily be concerned with um, what video production is going on. But if you reach a level in the game where you are now a public figure, then something needs to happen as far as the controlling of your image and your residuals for doing what you do. So uh, I will give it to a player that is of fame, that has titles under his belt. Uh, he has an argument as far as how his image is used, where he's filmed and whatnot. I think that's perfect, perfectly reasonable for them to do that. Only when they've reached a certain level of uh, accomplishment. Now here's where we come with the players mouthing off about it though. Professional players, mm, they have a bad rap on a lot of fronts. They get in fights, they don't show up, they cut up matches, they do all kinds of devious things that lose the trust of fans and sponsors both. So, you know, why in the world could a player expect you to pay him just to show up when these things, these bad images are out there are associated with pool? If a player wants to step up and say, I am worth something, then he needs to be worth something. His image, his playing, his performance level, what he brings, his exposure for his sponsors, all of these things, that is what a professional does. And that's when a professional can ask for something in return. But the, the pro scene, the men's pro scene by and large is in a shambles. And they are unwilling to even promote themselves in a lot of cases. They don't know how to control their image. They uh, spout off on Facebook and public forums and make asses of themselves on a regular basis. Now, I don't mean to be disrespectful because these men can do things that I can't do on the cue table, you know, with the cue on a table. I give them super duper amounts of props for hours upon hours and hours and hours and years and years of work and practice it takes to become good at it. I respect that. I do. But when you go out there and make an ass out of yourself and, uh, you know, diss the people that produce the events and complain and moan and bitch and pitch and like, we need more money. That is not to, the way to go about it. That that you're basically shooting yourself in the foot once again. The way for people to get to make you to make yourself more money is to stand out as a professional, the one that you can always depend on, that will always play, that will always be a gentleman, that will always be there on time, that doesn't fight and act like a dick. The people that the any sponsor on the planet would be like proud to have you. That's the way to make yourself more money and to make yourself valuable. Not to pitch a bitch about how you don't like the way things are going. If you don't, 
then go grab your buddies and go play pool in a bar and, you know, win yourself some money and have a good day. Thanks, guys. That was, um, <laughs> that was very satisfying to get off my chest. <laughs> now I'm going to have professional players all across the world sending me hate mail for saying that. I'm sorry, Daniel. The phone uh, will be ringing, right? I know. The phone's going to be ringing about how Dave Bond's just a, an asshole. No, I'm not. Because I love this sport so much. That's why I care. And that's why I want it to be better. But the way to make it better is not by saying, oh, give me more money because I showed up. No, that's your job, man. That's what you're supposed to do. If you want to get paid, go above and beyond that. I'm sorry. I'm going to stop now. You know, people. Uh, yeah, I can already hear the, yeah. the hate mail. Yeah, it, 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 well, well, well. The, well, the thing is, we, there's, we've. What's intriguing about this topic is you can speak to four or five different people and get different results sure. on what's right, what's wrong. So, Daniel, what's what's your thought on this? Well, first of all, thank you for, uh, you know, for calling me and, uh, you know, having me on your show. Um, I will have to say that 95% of the players that are involved in all of our events have never really made any issue of it or have said, well, you know, you're making all this money as a live streamer. What do we get in return? Um, and even before any complaints have been voiced, uh, whenever POB Pool has made any significant money, uh, which actually has never happened, I'll just first off tell you as well that POB Pool operated in the red for three years straight. Right. Um, the past two years have been good, um, but they haven't been great. I mean, I think last year in 2015, POV Pool probably brought in around $25,000 in income last year, and uh, we we probably reinvested about $11,000 of that back into the company. Now, that also doesn't include the things that we've done at some of the events that we've been to, um, uh, and that would include uh, providing free merchandise for players uh, who get knocked out of the tournament early, such as, you know, Kamui vouchers or whatnot. Uh, sometimes we'll bring in a queue so that we can raffle it off. We've also done random drawings for some of the viewers and given them a queue uh for supporters. So uh, we, you know, we go to, and then when I say we, I actually mean my, my better half, <laughs> Geraldine Thibodeau. She's, you know, she's my girlfriend and she also does marketing and promotions for POV Pool. You know, we sit and we think very hard about, you know, what can we do to give back to the players in the midst of all of these shows that we do. So, and this is just on the free live stream model. Now, on the uh, pay-per-view model, well, we have done pay-per-view events in the past, and uh, I will remind, you know, followers of your show uh, on American Billiard Radio, I'll remind 
some of the listeners that two years ago I did an interview with you, Dave, where I had announced a live stream revenue sharing model. Now, this is only for pay-per-view events where POV Pool promises that if we ever do a pay-per-view, we will already uh, we will already uh, provide a percentage of the right. of the profits of right. that pay-per-view. I remember that to go yeah. back to the players. I'm sorry. I was I was saying I remember that whenever you brought that up. Absolutely. Right, and 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 that model is still in place. It's just that we just I think since I've had that interview with you, I only did one one pay per view event, which was uh, Carlo Viato versus Dennis Hatch, which which is now a year later. We put that on YouTube. You can watch that now. But um, but. For the most part, I believe, I mean, I, I fundamentally believe that if you're going to do something pay-per-view and you as the broadcaster are profiting, I agree that the broadcaster should take it upon themselves to give back to the talent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is just my... Daniel, I, I, got, I got to... I, can I jump in and just disagree with you on that? On that particular scenario, the, you, you, I mean, you laid it all out. Uh, the, the, prom, the promoter, and you and I have, have worked together in this exact scenario, okay? Me as a promoter, I've got to warn, I've got to find the price fund uh, for the two players. Correct? All uh, right. Okay. That's step one. Got to make sure the money's there. Step two, I've got to make sure that, that I am covering their hotel and airfare. Correct? Yes, correct. I've, I've got to cover the um, expenses for the pay-per-view guy, gal, company to come and do. Correct? Yes, I, I think I know where you're going with this, Mark. Well, exactly. Well, well, and we've got to secure the, the facilities as well to, as to where it's going to be. I've got to find all this money before, and we're looking at $7,000, $8,000 before I get a sniff of any money. Before anything happens, I've got to find all this money and arrange everything and put it all together. Now, I, I put the players t- together and say, "Listen, here's, here's what you're going to do. You're going to get a thousand dollars each uh, for an appearance, and the three thousand dollars, four thousand dollars in the middle that you're playing for. And I'll pay your hotel. I'll pay your airfare. I'm paying, and you know, you got to work out some kind of deal with the with the pay per view uh, streamer, etc. You know, um, to get them paid as well, whether it be a flat fee." or a percentage uh, of, of what it is. So all that's got to happen. At the end of the day, if it's a flat fee, let's say, with the, with the streamer, if the internet goes down, the streamer got paid, gets paid. The streamer gets his expenses paid. The players get their expenses paid and their, and their uh, fee to uh, an appearance fee plus a free roll uh, a few thousand dollars. That money before, all has to be made before the promoter makes a penny. 
So if the stream goes down, everybody goes home in a limo. Everybody's happy, except the promoter. We're the only ones, uh, in some cases, uh, that have a chance of losing money. So if I tell player A and player B, Tom, this is what the deal is. One year play, this is how much you're going to get a trade for your expenses. Are you okay with that? Yes, I am. I'm going to do a pay-per-view. Are you okay with that? Yes, I am. Well, it's, it's done. Now, if I make zero, they still get paid. If I make $50,000, that's because I put all the risk and I put the thing up there in the first place. That's my opinion on it. Paying them, paying the, if I made $50,000 on a pay-per-view, I'd give them something probably. But right. we, we all know that's a ridiculous Exactly. And that's something that I brought up. 
it's the sponsor side of things is something I brought up, and it was uh, directly related to the Shane Winters uh, thing. Let's just say I'm XYZ pool uh, retailer, and I sponsor Daniel Bush. And, and, the re- and you've got a patch on, right, saying ABC XYZ ret- pool retail, dealer's retailer, right? I'm paying you with a patch for exposure. And if I found out, and, and, and Shane had said, Shane Winters had said, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play on pay-per-view anymore unless I get paid. If I was sponsoring him and he was getting, I don't know, five hundred dollar, whatever salary he was getting per month, and I found out that he had a chance to be get more exposure, and he said, no, I'm not gonna do it, I probably would be get rid of our agreement. <laughs> you know, that's something that's there. The the pay-per-view does that for the yeah. If it's a free stream, a tournament. When the, you tell me this, Daniel, if you're doing a free stream at the Mark Cantrell Open and a player says, I want to get paid, <laughs> and I've said, hey, Daniel, come and stream this. I'll give you a, a thousand bucks and I'll pay your expenses. And you say, okay, yeah, I'll do it for you. So you got a thousand dollars plus your expenses. And the player comes up to the table and says, I don't want to play on this TV table unless, Daniel, you need to pay me. What do you say of that? I can't do what that. What? I mean, you're talking about a free stream? Yeah, you're going, I, I'm, I've, I've asked you, I'm a promoter, I've said, I want to do a free stream for this uh, tournament I'm going to run. <coughs> I'll give you a thousand dollars plus your expenses, and you say, "Well, I get more than a thousand usually, but you're my buddy. I'll take care of you. I'll do it for a <laughs> thousand." So now you're sat there, you're streaming. It's all on. You're streaming, and now a play comes up to play on the TV table, and and says, "I'm not playing unless you. I'm not playing on this TV table unless you pay me, Daniel." What, what do you say? What do you say to that? Well, you know, I, look. First of all, uh, you know, I've had this happen a couple times to me, uh, but not necessarily for pay. They just they just don't support they don't support what I do and they have a fundamental belief that they should be getting paid to appear on you know the so-called medium of the internet that we're using the I mean this this TV table which is let's face it it's not a TV table it's it's a it's an internet table you know uh, look pool is struggling man. You know, Hold on, that's not that's not the question. That's not the answer to the question, Daniel. The question was: a play comes up to you on a free stream and says, "I need to get paid if I'm not, or I'm not going to play on this table." What do you say to that? We have a disclaimer to everybody at every tournament that we stream that if they don't want to be on the live stream table, please let the tournament director know, and we will make sure that you're not streamed. Period. End of story. I don't oh, so so that can't, that can't, can't happen. Okay. In your situation, you've got it so it's set up so that that cannot happen. Um, so, but what about I, I don't know another streamer, TV Mike? What 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 did what are they supposed to say to a player when they're not making when it's a free stream and they say I'm not going to play on this table? What, what, what are they what supposed to say? I mean, it's the player's right, you know. Look, I. It seems to me that everybody is really
encapsulate what's the right thing to do and what's the wrong thing to do. When we have an industry that's still emerging in many different fronts, we have the broadcast side of it that's emerging. We have the, the tournament side of it, which is always still evolving. We got new players coming in, uh, you know, from all parts of the world. Not even just playing pocket billiards. We got we got three cushion billiard players. You know, we got we got Q Sports in general that is is growing and emerging in many different forms. And promoters coming from out of nowhere saying they've got a good tournament. This 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 is a good tournament. New streamers coming out from nowhere. I think it's really difficult. It seems like everybody is reaching for this standard in the industry or to, they're trying to put a finger on what should happen from now on at this event and that event. And to, to, if you want my honest opinion, man, I really think that every event should be taken individually. I think it should be hand-in-hand. Hand. Uh, you know, I have a philosophy that I work with. If you want my philosophy, that philosophy is that pool needs the exposure that it's that it, that it you know is not getting on television now. We are providing a service to the promoters. We provide a service to the rooms and the, to the sponsors that work with us. We try to expose those players. The players appreciate it when we do it on a free live stream basis. I have a you know the other side of my philosophy is that if POV pool makes a lot of money, you know. We create a tournament for the players. We haven't been able to do that because, frankly, we don't make enough money. <laughs> you know, and so I just try to stick to that to that fundamental rule, you know, and to that philosophy. Uh, I take every event, you know, differently. I, I really can't encapsulate what some other streamer should do in his situation. I really think that it's up to them to look in the mirror and to decide for themselves whether or not they're being fair or whether or not they're being greedy. You know, I think there are some people out there that are a little bit greedy. You know what, you know? Daniel, you, you mentioned just a minute ago about uh, the the standardization. And there is a, a point that I wanted to make that I didn't mention in my initial rant, and which was that in an ideal world, the uh, men's professionals, uh, the men professional players would uh, align themselves, form an association, uh, which would include some accountability, and which would, of course, be a boon to themselves and to the promoters both and to the events. And I won't even go into that whole lecture, but the point is, if they did like unto the women's association, then they could control their media rights very simply and easily. It, it would be very that's, simple. That's a very, that's a very good point. In an ideal world, right, like a professional association like the NFL or the NBA or anything else, you don't broadcast or record or rebroadcast their material. It's very well understood that that material is owned by the NFL. Same sort of situation. In an, in an ideal world, the, the men would do this. They would professionalize themselves, like I mentioned before, make their association worth something, then contract with streamers 
to show up at the events and provide the footage and the accessibility and the pay-per-views and everything else. So until that happens, until that standardization happens, there's this free-for-all that's kind of going on right now. So to oh, we're in the it's the wild wild west. Uh, right, right, I mean, exactly, you, and you that's know, you got no... exactly that's the right. and that's why I default to my original opinion, which is unless you are bringing significant value to that stream, then you don't have any you know a lay an argument as far as getting paid for it. In other words, if it's just turn tournament play, and you're in it, there, you you don't have any reason to ask for some piece of that stream money. Well, what point, though, do you draw that line, Dave? What, but, what, what right. point What point is it that's that you say, oh, you're worthy of making some money, and you're not? That's a super-duper okay, super question. Second of all, if we're going to stop paying every player for being on a stream, if it's, one, if it's a paper, if it was a free stream, no, it maybe has to be cover pay-per-view just to cover the cost right. of paying the players. Right. Okay, so that well, limits, uh, you, you, you know, a pay-per-view situation. If it is a pay-per-view, now maybe the pay cost of the pay-per-view has to go up X amount of dollars in order to be able to pay the players. What does that do to the consumer? Now your $29.99 pay weekend pay-per-view turns into a $39.99 pay-per-view. And, and, uh, and Wait, an accounting nightmare for the promoter forevermore. Because if he's going to put oh, that, no, I think I don't think you'd be, I don't think you could do residuals. No, Dave. well, that's what I'm saying. Residuals, residuals. It has to be a flat fee. It would well, right? That's if that's even reasonable. But here's my, where you asked the question: Where do you draw the line? Here's where I draw the line. If there is an attraction to buy the stream because of the people that are going to be on it, then the people on it, okay. then they have an argument as far as getting a piece of that for that day. Not residuals. What, 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 it, it, what, okay, there's an attraction. Okay, what's the attraction? That's what I'm saying. What, where do you come up with attraction? Okay, you can say Darren Appleton, Efren Reyes. You can say, oh, that's an attraction. They get Darren Appleton and Efren Reyes to play. Geez, yeah, I mean, right. that would be something. Yes. If, and even then, even then, they've already agreed to play in the tournament. They already want to. They should want to be on the stream, and. The only reason maybe that the added money there for the stream is there is because the sponsor says, yeah, I'll put 500 into this because I want promotion for my company. Because, right, I'm going to get go out all over, right. you know, And if, if you're not going to stream it, or you're not going to be have the stars on the stream, then I'm not going to put the money in. Exactly, exactly. And now you've got no tournament. So now what are you going to do? Now you've got no tournament. It's exactly why I brought up the value of the person or persons on the stream, their fame, they are the, they are the attraction. If they are the attraction, then they have the argument of saying, look, the, people, the reason people are buying this stream is because we are there. Now, can, say, Shane Winters make that claim? No. Can I make that claim? No. <laughs> can... Can Daniel Bush say, I was on the stream, and that was the only reason anybody bought it? No. So there, yeah, there's, there's, too many, there's too many facets to, to, and scenarios. No, you're absolutely that. right. You're right. That, that it's tough to, again, it's tough for anybody to agree. I, I mean, I guess I'm looking at it as a promoter standpoint, trying to find out where where the money's coming from. Now, remember, 
the promoter hasn't just shown up on Thursday and played Friday, Saturday. The promoter's been working on this for four months. Well, sure. Trying to get sponsors, trying to put things together. So, you know, he deserves to make money. Sure. The streamer deserves to make money because they've got to sit there doing commentary and giving exposure to the sponsors and everything else. Right. And I'm not saying the players shouldn't get paid. I just think that there's, there's more to it than just, well, he's a good player, so give him money. Give him money from where? Who's giving him money? Where's that money coming from? Right. On a well, you know, according to, to Shane Winters, it, it's supposed to come from the streamer. What? He said, it's a free stream. It's a free stream. Oh, yeah, well, no, no. no. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I missed the... I'm giving you a thousand dollars to come and stream this. Okay, yeah. it's going to take you five days with your equipment, wear and tear on your vehicle, your equipment, your experience, your expertise. I'm going to give you a thousand dollars. Now, <laughs> somebody wants somebody wants some of that money. How much of that money well, are you know, willing to give up? <laughs> you know, look, it, it, it's I'm going to I'm going to just totally. You, you know, backtrack here. And I'm going to let you guys know that if you want to become a professional pool player, you have to first start acting like a professional. Exactly. Okay? Exactly. And, and you, you know... That you will be valuable. At some point, at some point, somebody is going to have to stand up and step up and work with the rest of the top players in the world to create a professional organization for the United States. That's the only way this is ever going to start fixing itself anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I agree. I agree. I, I absolutely then, agree. Until then... It, it, will, it will drive costs up across the board. Yeah. But it now, will drive now, value it, up, though, too, though. Now, one thing I will observe, though, is that I do see on a regular basis, I do, and I still... That's why I still feel that we're able to say that professional players do exist. And it's not, it's not about skill level. It's about how they carry themselves, you know. I mean, I have Efren Reyes come into town from the Philippines, and he contacts uh, his manager who says, Hey, Daniel, could you set up some action matches, you know, to stream uh, while I'm in town? I'll be with Francisco Bustamante. Okay, sure. You know, uh, what are we talking about here? Oh, just cheap action, hundred dollars, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm a, I'm am I have I gone crazy here? You know, this guy wants me to stream in for a hundred dollars a set, play in one pocket. I mean, I I got people who reacted to that like, are you kidding me? He should be asking for five hundred dollars. He should be asking for a thousand. You know, and so sure enough. You know, we, we set up uh, Boosty and Efren with uh, a showcase of matches. It lasted three days. You know, uh, I did it for nothing. Like, I, I, nobody paid me anything. I didn't even take a jelly roll from, uh, from anybody's winnings. Uh, 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 Efren's manager backed him and everything. You know, like, Efren didn't even, you know, he just wanted to practice. And this is the thing. He came down because he wanted to practice one pocket before going to play the Derby, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is his way of doing it. He, did not, he does not care how much income I make on YouTube from his videos. 
He does not care uh, uh, how much my sponsors are paying me to put, put these live streams on. I am so grateful for people like Efren Reyes who are really helping my company, but they don't want anything in return. And, and this is a testament, okay, to the times that I have done the same thing, where I have done so many things for room owners and promoters, you know, and I'm not trying to suit my own horn here, but the self-sacrifice that the streamer has put into this game is insurmountable to the stuff you're seeing right now on Facebook and AZ Billiards, mm -hmm. where, you know, they're somehow supposed to get broadcasts or money because of their talent. Look, I understand and I acknowledge that it's an extremely complex subject. And, and I think that, you know, their talent is totally uh, worthy of recognition. But how do I repay them? I give them kudos. I, I try to provide them with as much PR as I can. If they have their own sponsors, I'm happy to promote their sponsors while they're on my live stream. Fast Lenny has said the same thing. If you have your own sponsor, I'm happy to put a banner on, their, on, on my live stream. You know, I'm happy to support you. You know, your match will go on YouTube. The player can easily go to a sponsor a year later and say, hey, you know, uh, Lukasi, you know, look, look at how many views I got at the Hard Times 10 ball last year. You know, please work with me, you know. Well, that's, you know, about, you know, you talk about, that's a good um, point about sponsorship, though. Go ahead. Well, you talk about professionals, and, and there are some out there. You know, there are some that are genuine. This is what they do, and they do everything they can to help promote themselves, their sponsors, the event. Um, Darren Appleton, for an example, he doesn't ask anybody for money from this stream, and he's arguably he, he's definitely in the probably in the top three players in the world right now. Yeah, uh, some could argue he's the best player in the world right now, but he doesn't ask for money. No, you can ask for money. You go on Facebook and he's going to say, at the Mark Kentrell Open, uh, playing on the TV table at 3 o'clock. Tune in. Yeah. He yeah. does so much like that, promoting, showing, hey, this is the tournament, this is who's streaming it, here's where I'm going to be. Anybody who's, you know, a fan of mine, you can come and watch it. And he's, he's going above and beyond. He's not just playing on the stream and saying, I don't want any money. He's saying... I'll play on the stream, and I'll help you promote it. And you know, and I joke with Archer all the time about this, because I can put on Facebook, I just got married and had a kid and cured a horrible disease, and I'll get 100 likes. Johnny Archer right. goes on there and says, I like Snickers. He'll get, you know, 3,000 likes <laughs> on Facebook. Yeah. saying... We win you, Johnny. You're right. So people like that. Like Johnny and, and Darren, when they go on Facebook, it's not ignored. It's not like my, oh, I just got married. It's, no. you know, half the world is saying, yeah, listen, Darren talked. Well, no. So the, that, that's something that the people should be doing as well. The players should be doing. Uh, right, that, and that's exactly my point, is that they the, the players... Um, 
God, man, I'm going to get more hate mail for this again, too, because I'm talking about this lack of professionalism. You ha Compare somebody... Um, uh, okay, here's a simple way to look at it. Instead of an NFL team or an NBA team or a Major League Baseball team, each one of these guys is their own team. They're their own manager. They should be controlling their own PR, their own event appearances, and their own booking appearances. They have to do that for themselves. So instead of the being these, uh, you know, uh, excuse the slang, bar bums that want to get into action ma action matches and want to piss and moan over a couple of dollars on a stream, they should be more concentrating on taking the uh, you know the Darren Appleton approach or the Shane Van Boning approach, where or a professional golfer approach where that individual stands for something and means something, their image, every time you hear and see their name, it's something good. You know, that's their image control, their management. Yeah. Like Black Widow his, is her own persona, as a matter of fact. You know what I mean? She's the Black sure. Widow. She's got her own brand name. You could buy Black Widow t-shirts, for heaven's sake. That is somebody that's never going to squabble over little bitty stuff like that because she's managed that from the get-go. Well, guys. yeah, I mean, if you want to take a lesson in marketing, you can definitely take a page out of uh, Jeanette Lee's book. I mean, you know, she's is amazing for what she did, not only for her, for her own brand name, but for Pool itself. Right. You know, I mean... Right, and she can and, demand and, an appearance fee. She is worth something to show up. That's how you build yourself yeah, exactly. as a player, as a professional, where people want you there. Then when you blink, exactly. they have no problem with paying you. You know what I mean? But just exactly. some guy that's out there, you know, banging away, oh, man, I should be paid for it. No, you shouldn't. I'm sorry. That's, no. I, well, I was in a bar, and I saw, I was sat uh, with a couple of friends, and the, got the TVs on, and uh, somebody said, looked up at the TV and said, oh, do you know her? And it was Janet Lee, and she was um, <laughs> uh, doing commentary or something on some kind of drag racing. Oh, cool. Oh, my God, that's nice. That's, now, how, how about self-promotion? How, how well have you been promoted or done right by your a female pool player? And all of a sudden, in the Bass Pro Shops, I think she's sponsored by Bass Pro Shops as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. And she's, you get a job yeah. doing drag racing. I have no idea she knows anything about drag racing. <laughs> I have no idea. Something like that. Let me put, um, see if we can put Daniel in a, a little bit of a, a spot here. Uh -oh. um, you know, there's the, the, a common consensus topic that seems to come along with this conversation is. Uh, well, if the place thing to live so much, why don't they just go out and do it themselves? Right. Why, you know, why don't they do their own, promote their own event and, and, and make the money that the, the, all this money that the promoter and the pay-per-viewers are making? Why don't they go out and do that? What, what, what would your answer be to that, Daniel? Why, why, why don't they go out and just do it themselves if they work so much? Oh, I, I, you know, one thing I can compare this to is uh, you know dare I start up a whole other conversation here <laughs> but um, 
We already I'll give you an example. I mean, I, I mean, look, my, my hat off to you, first of all. I wish you the very best of luck. Go ahead. Do it. Uh, I support you. And if, uh, you know, and if you need promotional support, I'm happy to give it to you. All you got to do is ask me for it. That's how I am. That's how I'll always be. Okay. Um, but I'll give you an example, which was the Mez West Day Tour. Okay. Um, for the first season of the Mez West Day Tour, P.O.B. Pool headed up uh, 80% of the promotions. Um, a lot of other promotion was coming from uh, Chris Santana. And, um, but as far as the live streaming goes and the initial announcement of the tour, all of their tour stops. We provided them with 100% of our backing as far as promoters go. And I'm proud to say that the numbers for the Mez West State Tour in that very first season was amazing. I mean, we were, I was absolutely overwhelmed with how well I thought the numbers were. So not only for, not only for just viewerships of the live stream, but for just demand for the products from all of those sponsors that were involved. Uh, uh, the relationships with the sponsors that uh, we were able to cultivate and um, and also the success of the growth of membership within that first season. Okay, so then we, we cut to the second season and POE pulls no longer any part of it. Chris Santana has now taken up uh, full uh, marketing and directorial and promotion and they've decided to buy their own streaming equipment and stream it themselves. Okay. Now I'm not I'm not here to criticize those guys at all. That's not what I'm trying to do. But all I'm trying to do is tell you I just want to create draw a comparison here, okay? Since that time, although their membership did very well, they had I think almost three hundred and fifty members of their tour that month. Uh their numbers of their live stream numbers were very low. Their YouTube channel it, I have not seen one video get more than 5,000 views. So the matches that they're covering are not getting the views. And we're talking about some of the same players that I covered last year that have like 90,000 views, you know, in some of those videos. So, you know, my hat's off to you. You go ahead and you do it. That's great. But it's only going to cost you more money to do it anyway, you know, and... I believe that, you know, the more people you allow into your circle, the more successful you're going to become. You know, I mean, I just, I just feel like, look, POB Pool's motto when it first started out is uniting the billiards world from all points of view. Okay. Now, what that means is, is that, uh, you know, we're trying to, like, build some bridges and unify and get some people to start working with each other and that we would all, you know, sort of grow this sport. Now it's almost five years later, I realize it's a bit of a joke because I, I've, the big punchline of that is that not all the points of view of the billiard world want to be united. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, I encourage you guys Pick up a camera, get a laptop, and stream it yourself. You go for it. I support you, man. Go for it. Excuse me. Yeah, go for it. Why, why, do, you, why do you think it hasn't happened at this point? Well, I guess other than the Mez 
uh, tour did. Well, but, Mark, I guess Vivian Villarreal is doing it now. Actually, actually, Mark, it, it kind of has happened. When, when PW Pool started out, you know, every weekend we'd do a stream and we'd be like the only, we were like almost the only kid on the block, right? Like, I mean, okay, maybe Don Acrelo or Fast Lenny or, or Justin Collett had a stream going on and Big Truck, you know, Ray Hansen, they had a stream going on. Maybe Rail to Rail, you know. But you would never see like, you know, seven or eight or sometimes a dozen streams going on on a weekend. But now, that's changed a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of streams on now. There is. Yeah, there is. There you is. Know? So, so well, I don't know. I, you know, Mark, I mean, maybe people, maybe maybe these pool players are streaming it themselves now. You know, maybe, I mean, I'm not going to identify all the companies that are out there, but, you know, there's a lot more people streaming well, now. Well, I'm not just talking about a streaming. I'm talking about producing, promoting an event. Mm. A player saying... I'm tired of everybody taking the promoters, everybody taking all this money from us, off our bags, off our talent. I, I'm going to set up my own tournament. Because I'm, you know, I know why it's not I'm happening, Mike. It's not happening, You Mark. know, Oscar, Oscar Dominguez did a, did, a, did a smart thing. You know, he kept it in-house and he, and he, uh, he you know, took up the streaming and, and, uh, and and they got a guy to be their director of marketing, and uh, you know their, their infrastructure is in place, you know. But uh, you know, I've heard other things too. I've heard that he's uh, he's exhausted. I've heard that he, you know, he, he he would rather focus on playing. He's a professional pool player. Let's not forget, you know. I mean, look, I wanted to become a professional pool player 15 years ago. And then I started streaming, and I realized, you know, <laughs> i got to make a choice here. Do I want to be a... And, you know, Geraldine's always still bitching at me because, oh, Daniel, you're playing pool too much. You know, you have a company to run, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I think that there are experts in their field for everything, right? Let people be the experts that they already are. Don't try to be the expert for them, you know. I mean... I'm almost embarrassed sometimes at some of the graphics that I have to put out. But you know what? I'm on a low budget. i got to create my own graphics. But we do the best we can. If I could afford, like, a professional graphic designer, I probably would hire one. I'm embarrassed at my website. It, it desperately needs to be updated, you know? <laughs> You know, but 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 it's still there. We still update it. Like I mean, when I mean update, I mean redesign. But we still use it. It still gets a lot of views, and we're still proud of our product. You know, but but you're doing it on a low uh, on a low budget. That's a, that's the thing. You're doing it on a low budget. Yet now, somewhere yeah, along the line, people are asking for you to give more. Of, even though you're on a shoestring budget, they're asking you to give more of your money. Or raise the price somewhere along the line, and I'm not saying players shouldn't get paid for for their talent, and because they should. And I've been a part of making uh, a lot of players a lot of money over you know the past ten years, let's say. 
And, and so I don't have a problem with the players getting what they deserve. I still don't, actually, I don't even think they get what they deserve. The pro players, um, you know, when you've got an exhibition with one of the greatest, let's say, one of the greatest players that ever lived, and it's worth 1500 bucks. Well, there you go. I mean, that's, that's not enough for, to, for the talent that you're, you're able to witness and what you're able to see. Uh, you certainly, I, I guarantee you, you couldn't get Tiger Woods to come. I, I don't think you could get Tiger Woods to do anything for 1500 bucks. If he was hungry, if you said, eat that fucking sausage over there, <laughs> eat that pie, and you're starving on year 1500, he probably wouldn't eat it just because <laughs> he's not going to eat too much he's told for 1500 bucks. <laughs> I, I didn't know we could cuss on your show. No, but, you, you but, can't. Okay. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm supposed to have a beep button here, every, and I every don't. Every now and then. <laughs> every now and then. I don't, I don't do it all the time. I just do it every now and then. But... You know, I, I think we've, we've probably uh, gone through a, a number of scenarios here, and and you know we could probably go on for another two hours or more if we if we felt like it. But no, let's wrap again. It up. <laughs> in, I, I think in, in in closing, there's and I've, I keep saying that, I don't want to sound like a broken record. There are so many scenarios, so many facets, and differences between what what can happen in, in any particular situation that what should somebody get paid are they already getting compensated are they you know are they already getting that compensation is being built in and, and sometimes getting that compensation already being built in is the fact that there is a tournament at all right and the pay-per-view or the free stream is what has enabled the sponsorship from that stream is what has enabled it to happen in the first place. Exactly. Sometimes, exactly. you know? Um, and so, or is it, hey, you're getting this much money, you two are playing, you're going to get this much appearance, and then there's this much in the middle, it ain't going to cost you a penny. Then, no, you know, that's another scenario. There's a tournament scenario. You know, is, is, the, is the pool room adding 2,000 and getting 2,000 kickbacks from the pay-per-view? We don't know. It all could be. But as far as the players getting paid, you know, that's something I don't, I don't think it, it like uh, I think Daniel said, it's a case by case thing, you know. Um, everything, it's, it's, totally, it's totally case by case. I mean, everything that you're glossing over, once again, it's, a, it's just impossible to encapsulate any sort of, or be the arbiter of any sort of standard or new rule as to what should happen with the money that's generated from a pay-per-view event, tournament or action. Right, because I there is no standard. It has to, right. it, you know, it's like, it's, like, it's like working for an agent in Hollywood, you know? Like, do you want, you want to work for uh, this? you want to work for uh, 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 this agent or that agent? You know, which one's going to get you the most work? But which one's going to uh, take the least of your money or whatever? I mean, there's a standard 15% with an agency. But, uh, uh, you know, maybe that's a bad example. I don't know. But what I'm saying is You're fired. it's just impossible. And, and, and the problem, the, here's the real problem, okay, that, that for the streamer, okay? The problem for the streamer is, and you may want to edit this and put this at the beginning because this is really what's, why you have me engaged here, okay? 
on any given day, I should not even have to be interested in this subject, okay? But the problem is, for the streamer, is that when you get a guy that goes on a social network and tries to publicly change the perception of everybody that he's connected to, then you have a dangerous situation that is affecting the onward momentum of this sport. We are doing a great job. All of the streamers out there should be applauded. Okay? We are busting our ass to make it happen for the players, for the promoters, and for the products that are being pushed out there. We don't have television. It's not necessarily going to come back either. And we shouldn't expect it to come back. Okay, but when you get a guy that has no knowledge of what's happening in the industry and just comes onto Facebook because he's got a couple tournaments under his belt and starts rattling off delusional, you know, delusions of grandeur, then we have a problem. We have a big problem. That's why I feel like I need to defend myself because, you know, he doesn't direct it to just anybody specific. He speaks very generally. And, uh, you know, who, who, who knows? Maybe I like the guy. I don't even know. I don't know him, you know. But he's putting us in a threatening situation, you know, where now I have to question whether or not I even want to continue promoting pool. How do you like that? <laughs> uh, no, you're right. It's not good. It's not a good thing uh, to cause. It's like yelling fire in you know, a theater, and- you know. And Alvin Nelson, he said it very, very eloquently in a very short sentence the other day on Facebook. Uh, And I'm going to find it for you right now. (laughs) You know, and it's true. It's just so true. He He said something to the effect of, you know, if you're mad about the state of the pool industry today, you need to look in the mirror. And that's what I try to do every day, you know. I make a lot of mistakes here and there, you know, and we try to learn from them. We're on a learning curve, man. Once again, this is the wild, wild west. We're here, you know, there's no, there's no right answer or wrong answer. But, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, when you, get, when you get people that are like, you know. Uh, uh, you said that, you said it, Daniel. The, the, the thing is. Shane Wynn says, I don't know him. All I know is what he's saying. You know, I, he, like you said, I, I might like him. I, I might be friends with him. I don't know. But the, the thing is, you, 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 you can't sit around, I know this is a huge exaggeration. You can't, well, I'm not even going to go to this, that freaking huge of an exaggeration. <laughs> You've got to understand what each part, of, every part of what is going on behind the scenes. If before you start asking for something when you don't know what everything is going on, that's the problem. It's ignorance. Now, if you wanted to go and research or live a day in a promoter's life, the streamer's life, and, and uh, or not even a day, you couldn't do it in a day. You'd have to do it over four months to, to appreciate what actually goes into putting an event on, whether it be a two-man match that's got money guaranteed uh, or, um, 
you know, that's not coming out of the player's pocket uh, or a, a tournament. Right, right. Unless you've gone through all of those pieces, other than showing up on a Thursday and playing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in a tournament. Yeah. But you shoot together. I'm not saying that's an easy job. I'm, I'm not saying that's easy at all. But you can't say because you've been around the pool tournament, now, oh, the streamers are making bank, the promoters are making bank, the pool is making bank, everybody's making bank, and I got knocked out in the second round. Well, that's not our fault you got knocked out in the second round. And, and not everybody's making bank either. They're, they're giving you an opportunity to make money. Right. So, yeah. I, I, so you know, that's my opinion on it. Again, I, I think that we're... Uh, Putting people to sleep over uh, here, Mark. Unless everybody's got co- closing comments. No, I think... Yeah, I'm going gonna... I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say this. I'm going to say this, and I'm actually going to go, because... Uh, I, I agree with you. The attention span of the average listener is not even going to get to the end of this interview. Okay, <laughs> but I'm going to I'm going to end I'm going to end with this story. Okay, and I mentioned it to you before the beginning of this interview. You know, uh, and hats off to Jay Helford. By the way, I also want to say uh, I also want to offer my best wishes to uh, Moro Pius, who is uh, currently, as we speak, he's undergoing. Uh, surgery to his cranium. He's having his cranium re- reconstructed. Uh, he had a stroke in November, and he's been uh, recovering slowly. Um, so I want to I want to wish uh, send my prayers out to uh, the Paez family, and 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 wish uh, Moro Paez a speedy recovery. Amen. And I'll uh, absolutely absolutely yeah. Um, but I want to end with this story, which uh, is reminded to us by Jay Helford, um, that basically history repeats itself, you know. Uh, because Jay told the story on AZ Billiards that in 1985, in the 1980s, Richie Florence, a very popular tournament promoter, was uh, uh, working with Budweiser and Caesars World to uh, co-sponsor a major series of pool tournaments in the 80s, they were like $100,000 added plus, which, you know, has been unheard of uh, right now. And um, they pulled a couple of those events off, and Earl Strickland was a big winner, as was um, the APA founder, Terry Bell, was a big winner. And they moved around. They ended up in Dallas. And, uh, you know... They were given releases by ESPN to sign to, to appear on television, on live television for the finals. And they got some bad advice from a few people that were, they had sort of a hidden agenda. And uh, it was suggested that they shouldn't sign the release because they're not getting royalties to appear on live TV. And as soon as that happens, uh, the whole tour collapsed. And it was as a result of players asking for royalties from ESPN. And this is, you know, it, it's very reminiscent of what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I'm basically going to end with that. I, I, I think that live streaming is much needed in the industry still. Uh, the players need all the exposure they can get. I'm not in competition with anybody, by the way, <laughs> you know, and 
I don't even care if someone comes into my hometown and streams. You know, if somebody can do a better job than what we're doing, my hat's off to them. I'm happy that the sport grows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, that's basically what I got to say. Okay. Well, Gabe, do you have any uh, uh, closing remarks? No, I think I, I think Before I. Uh, I wrap this up? No, I think I. Um, uh, I got my fifteen minutes of fame in. So. Be, you, <laughs> yeah, you've already said too much. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> well, Daniel. <laughs> Daniel, thank you for joining us. We appreciate your insight and input from uh, a streaming standpoint and opinions, as they say, you know, we all know all about opinions. Uh, We've all got one, and I think that maybe in one way or another, I think they're all intertwined. (laughs) I think we're all on the same page, but it just doesn't sound that way. I think we all believe in the same thing, but with so many different ways to look at it, it's hard to... Uh, hard to express it so um, with that thank you Daniel Dave thank you very much and thank you all if you made it to the end of this God bless you Uh, (laughs) don't know how you did it hopefully you found something interesting in here and it it is perspective from the uh, average educated pool player a streamer and a promoter so and I guarantee you can get different opinions if you go around and ask <laughs> yep. just a couple of people. So, but thank you all for listening. This is the Legends of Champions Report. I am Mark Cantrell, and I'll speak to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>